Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. Just lift up that Bible. Let's make our statement of belief. I am a winner. I am a victor and not a victim. I have changed my mind and my attitude to reflect what God says about me. I can do all that God says I can do. Nothing is impossible from this moment on, for I am a new breed, a new kind, a remnant, and I am after my... Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Romans chapter 12. That is my assignment this morning. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. I'll request us to read together. Do we have it up? Okay, is it coming? Okay, it's there. All right, let's go. Three, two, one. By the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that he may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 3, for I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God had dealt to every man the measure. Amen. Please sit on your challenges. Sit on your challenges. Don't give that challenge any breath. Amen. I'm excited because finally February is here. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And we are entering February. This is finally the month to begin to demonstrate all the prayers that we have been making in January. Hallelujah. Those things that we prophesied in January, first Sunday, second Sunday, third Sunday, and fourth Sunday. Finally, it is time to enter into practicals. Ask your neighbor, are you ready? Ask them, ask them, are you ready? Are you ready? We have been looking at a new dawn, and we did take time to get the uh, scriptural counsel on how we are going to handle this year. And I have a feeling, I don't know about you, but I have a feeling that this is going to be a good year. Let me say that one more time. This is going to be a good year. This is not last year, somebody. We are entering into a new season. Last year might have been tough, but thank God that God preserved breath in you. And he has given us yet another opportunity to rise. And sometimes the challenge can be hot and the temptation can be steep. And sometimes it feels like the enemy has released all, high, all hell and high water. And it looks like the storms are about to punch you out of the race. But thank God he preserved us to see February. And the God that is faithful to keep us enough to see this month is able to cause us to finish triumphantly. Are you excited? Something, something is about to happen. This month, we want to take some time 
and enter into a teaching, a series teaching that we are tagging holy living, holy living, holy living. I, I am well conversant that we are living at a time where we have espoused ourselves and we have subscribed ourselves most times to a gospel that is preached on TV and that gospel has conveniently put us in the center and has ejected the reason of salvation which is the monarch of heaven, our Lord Jesus Christ that there has been the progress of a gospel that puts my needs first as opposed to the needs of God in the inside of my life. And this February, you want to take time and look at holy living. Tell your neighbor, holy living. Holy, shake them a bit. Holy, you have to talk to me. Holy living, holy, holy living. Holy plus living. Yes, Pastor Kev, shake your wife very well. Holy plus living, holy Holy living. Holiness is not for church only. Holiness has nothing to do with how loud we sing in church. Holiness has nothing to do with how convicted we are when we are in the prayer closet. Holiness begins once you uh, exit your spiritual ordinance. That after you have sung so passionately, how passionate are you in your life, in your day-to-day -day life? And to anchor our thinking and to begin to give us some principles, we want to use the book of Romans chapter 12. And this week and next week we're just going to be taking time to dig deeper into the things that God has called us as far as holy living is concerned. Church, I must exalt us here that God is not so much concerned about how deep we are in praying in tongues, but how edifying are our words are after we finish praying in tongues. That I can come to church and jump so highly, I love saying this one, that you can come to church and jump so highly, but God doesn't care so much about how high we jump but how straight we walk after you learned from your jumping. That the presentation of the gospel is not only to find relevance within the bounds of the church, but the expression of the principle of heaven must begin to penetrate our households and must begin to penetrate the place where we work. That men must look at you and see the aroma of Jesus Christ. That when you are on the expressway and somebody comes and overtakes you wrongfully and they almost drive you to the rail that when you lift up your word, your voice to say, forgive you. <laughs> that God's grace is not only an anchor to our soul, but is also an anchor to our character. Amen. Praise the Lord. That there has to be a fragrance. Oh yes, there has to be an aroma of Christian living among our lives. Say your neighbor, holy living. The book of Romans is particularly interesting for this subject because he, Paul has spent chapter 1 to chapter 10 talking about the reason why we have been born again, what we have been born again from, and why we are born again. In, in chapter 1, he talks about, he says, that because of the wickedness of flesh, the wrath of God has been revealed unto them, and he has given them unto a reprobate mind. It is, in, it is John that emphasizes this subject in John chapter 3, verse 36, and he argues and says, that he that believes has eternal life, but he that does not believe does not have eternal life. Instead, the wrath of God dwells on his head. 
and he's quick in chapter 1 to dwell, to, to, to draw a quick line between two kinds of lives. That there is a life of faith and a life of belief that is pleasing unto God. But there is a life of unbelief that attracts the judgment of God. In chapter 2 he says, Oh man, thou hast no excuse because that which you accuse them of, thou yourself are found guilty of. And he brings us to a place where he argues that because of the grace of God, we no longer have excuse to continue walking in the way that we walked. Ephesians chapter 2 says that while we were in the world, we walk as them that were our were of the world. He said we had our conversation in the flesh that even if you listened to how we talk, you could immediately see that we are in the flesh. In chapter 3, he argues that all have sins. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. He says that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. John said, he that says he has no sin, let him be a liar because all men have sinned. In chapter 4, he begins to now bring us to a place where he says that Abraham did not stagger in unbelief, but his belief was credited unto him for righteousness. Chapter 5, he says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. That the life we are now living, we are not living, running away from God. There is no enmity between me and God. Bronas Ifiwe, that the, God has finally found me and I have finally found him. It is the move that sang last Sunday and said, is it last Sunday or last Sunday but one? That loving me will be the, loving you will be the end of me. That you have, your pursuit with God, you have finally found each other. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He says, therefore, being justified by faith. We don't have the peace of God, no. We have peace with God, that the demands of justice has been fully satisfied. That when sin said, the wages of sin is death, God said, the gift of God is life everlasting. He says in verse 2, by him also we have access into this grace wherein we stand. That the grace of God is primarily dispatched from heaven to ensure you are standing. That the infrastructure of the Holy Spirit of giving you a backbone is grace. He says by him also, Romans chapter 5 verse 2, we have access into this grace wherein we stand. There is no man that is able to stand in this life without the grace of God. Oh, I know that you pray so much and you spend a lot of time in prayer. Oh, I know that you spend a lot of time in worship. Oh, I know that you think your strength is because you are fasting. That is good. But for us to stand in this life, God is saying we are standing on grace. Tell your neighbor we are standing on grace. Look at the other one and tell them we are standing on grace. And I love grace because grace is an external strength. Grace is not about what I'm able to do. That when I reach my end, even there, the grace of God is able to lift me up and cause me to stand. That there is no requirement to stand without the corresponding grace. In chapter 6, he asks a question. What then shall we say, verse 20, 21 and 22, shall we continue to say, sin that grace may abound he says 
God forbid that God forbid that grace has been revealed from heaven to primarily to cause us to say no to sin. Look at Titus chapter 2 verse 11. I know there are many scriptures but you'll be fine. Look at Titus chapter 2 verse 11. Shake your neighbor. Tell your neighbor neighbor. Titus chapter 2 verse 11. He said that the grace of God that teaches men to say no to sin hath appeared unto all men. The grace of God that availeth salvation, that availeth redemption has appeared unto all of us. Chapter 7. That which I desire to do. And I know you are looking at your neighbor like, neighbor, I know that is you. That which I desire to do. That I do not and that which I don't want to do, that I do, O wretched man that I am. That there is attention, that sometimes you come out of a powerful service like this, Noel Mbaji, and you're full of the Holy Spirit, and you're just singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Then you meet somebody who's arrogant at the car park, and there's a temptation to put salvation aside, <laughs> For one minute and to deal perpendicularly. Hey, that which I desire to do, I do not. That one uh, gospel artist sang and said, you know, when I leave my house, oh God, cause those ones that I meet be on the same page with me. Because he was arguing, I could be walking in the spirit, but there's just a way my boss is able to remove me from the spirit and to cause me to enter in the flesh and to begin to describe him the way he's supposed to be described that which I desire to do I do not but that which I want to do I don't he says oh wretched man that I am that in this in this work of salvation I don't care how much theology you're about to release to me in this work of salvation there exists attention that yes there is always a pull there is a fight in the inside of us and that is why all of us got issues that there's sometimes in as much as I am singing Yahweh be praised on the other side I am dealing with some demons and chapter 8 he says don't worry there is therefore now no condemnation and he begins to reveal the answer of heaven he says to them that believe to them that walk not after the flesh but after the spirit and God is calling us this morning if we are getting to get into a place of holy living that we shall begin to deal a death blow to flesh and enter into a place that we begin to function did you know that the infrastructure of heaven for our lives is best accessed when we are in the spirit and that is why the enemy will ensure to bring you to the flesh because once you are on the side of the flesh you have absconded the strength of the spirit and I heard God say them that walk we are not them that walk after what we see we are them that walk after that which cannot be seen because that which is seen is temporary that which is seen is transient but that which is unseen is eternal 
it is chapter 9 where he begins to argue on the consequences of that. And the first one he says, how then shall they believe? And how shall they believe except they be preached unto? And how will they preach except you sent a preacher? And how will they, be, how will a preacher preach except they be sent? And therefore I will send a preacher unto them. He said with the heart a man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And he's clear that in chapter 1 to chapter 10, he lays the foundation of what God has done. But he brings us now to this Sunday morning, Pastor Des, Pastor Des, Pastor D, Pastor Des, I like it, Pastor Des, hi. He brings us, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Pastor Des to New York City, Pastor Des. Hi. You know, when you're naming your children, you have to name them, how will they sound if they're called Dr. So-and-so? Eh? You know, somebody can be called Dr. Oluwalu. Now, this Oluwalu name is even diluting doctor. Says, Oluwalu, what, is that a disease? <laughs> I talk about naming. That, that joy, good morning. That God has done his part. Are you listening to me, church? God has done his part. God has done his part. But there is a capital P, participation in destiny, holy living. There is a participation, Joel, holy living. That because of what he has done, there is what you must do. Amen. Because of what he has done, there is what you must do, Gideon. That because of what he has done, there is what you must do. And he begins to build his argument. And he says, brethren, I beseech you therefore. He says, I beseech you therefore. That because of chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, up to chapter 10 and 11. That because of what I have done, I therefore now beseech you Brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. That the first response of the work of Jesus is worship. And holy living is indeed anchored with worship. The Hebraic understanding and the Judaistic principle of worship was never lifting of hands unto God, but it did include lifting of hands unto, unto God. It was beyond the sacrifice of praise. It was beyond the discipline of prayer. It included a life well lived. He says, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That worship is you going to work early in the morning in good time. That that is worship. That worship is kind words that edify men being found in your words. That is worship. That worship is the day-to-day -day life of honoring of our, of our parents and honoring of those that are before us. That that is worship. Paul said it better. He said, let our speech be seasoned as with salt. That those things that are good, those things that are praiseworthy, let those things be found in our minds. That even the things that we entertain in our mind, that is worship. That the first response for holy living, Joanne, 
the coach, uh, John, people, uh, people, there are people here who don't know how to write CV or they are suffering. Please go to Facebook. This is commercial break. Tell your neighbor commercial break. This is a dynamic pastor. You can move from serious to, to easy. John, praise the Lord. Good to see you this morning. You know, we are trusting God for a world-class soundproof 12-inch glass crash so that people who are committed to the things of God, look at Joanne, she's here with the kid, the kid is crying, she's patting the kid just to hear the word. What manner of commitment is this, Michelle? Praise the Lord. We must, Pastor Lovi, we need to, to, to bring the resources now. Put a proper crash over there, you enter there and get some raspberry, raspberry juice and some chilled cranberry juice with a hint of mint. Eh? <laughs> The worship is lifestyle, baby. Worship is lifestyle. That there has to be the lifestyle of worship. One preacher said that worship is everything that you do. Because our lives, he says, let our lives by one worship minister, let our lives so sing unto you. What song is your life singing? Thank God for the move. But when it comes to our lives singing, all of us are on key. I like F sharp. All of us are on F sharp. And we are not missing the blend. And we are not missing harmonies. And the chorus is on point. Or are you off key? That your life is singing sometimes. And sometimes is not singing. Is it a confused record? Is it a record that is broken? That our lives need to sing a song of worship unto him. Tell your neighbor, worship is the first level of holy living. Come on, look at them. Just, just tell them, neighbor, I want your life to sing. I want your life. I want your life to sing. I want your life to sing. We want to curse. Oh, wonder keys. We want to curse every mask in this house uh, that men will come to this, not with masks and with clothes of holiness or with Sunday best and putting our best foot forward. But we are removing every mask that we come as we are, that the Lord will indeed transform us. There is a requirement that our lives sing, worship unto him. That is outside of the four walls of the church. That holy living is the first response to the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Look at this one. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as to the tense of the instruction. He says that you present. The Hebraic translation says that you have done it once and for all. And he is careful enough to argue and the text says that you present yourselves. He says you present your whole body. That you present all the faculties of your life. That we are not born again in some parts of our lives and some parts are not. That it's a present of the whole of our bodies. In fact, one author wrote and argued that the book of Romans chapter 12 depicts of a man who took his body, gave it unto God, and walked away. That it's a presentation of final resolve. Have you, have we presented our bodies with final resolve? That you have taken your body and you have said, my life is no longer my own. That for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It is yet that Galatians chapter 2 finds its, its, its footing. That I am crucified with Christ. Nonetheless, I live. But the life that I live is not mine. 
mine. It's not me that lives anymore, but it is Christ that lives in me. And here he begins now to deal with our worldview because remember verse 2, he says, and don't be conformed. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. That the world cannot inform our worldview. That our worldview cannot be educated by the world because we have presented our bodies as living sacrifices. What does that mean? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Is it verse 18? Where he says, for you have been bought with a price. You have been purchased. The Greek word there is apultrosis, where we get redemption. That means ownership. That God now owns you. Let me say that one more time. That God owns you. That means I don't have any views of my own. The only views that I have are views that are shaped by the word of God. That I have a word, world view. Amen. That the, the patterns of this world cannot change or cannot inform our thinking. That is why, listen, there is a deceit of, enemy, of the enemy that has cheated us that we need to shut up and not say what we believe in because that is humility. One thousand times no. And that is why the church of our Lord Jesus Christ must now rise up against LGBABCADETC. That there is nothing godly about homosexuality. Uh -huh. That that is not God's plan. That that is the wickedness of, listen, if homosexuality was a good thing, you would not be born here. Because for reproduction to happen, it took a man and a woman that are perfectly fitting with each other to produce you. Uh-huh. And the church became silent. Because we have been cheated, we should not have any contrary views. If there is something you should post today on Facebook, is that homosexuality is a lie of the enemy from death. You know, some of us are okay with it until one day when our babies come and say, Baby, Father, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like a woman. I'll say, come here. I'm about to deal with you very well. That, you know, Solomon said that the heart of a child cannot perceive wisdom, but the rod of correction will impart. What are you talking about? I'll be like, baby, what did you say? What did you say? You want to put your mouth where excretion comes from. You want to put your mouth in sewage. God, the devil is a liar. That we cannot accept worldviews to shape our thinking. and to That we should not be squeezed to a place where we have to now align. Somebody said, Pastor Sam, you need to be careful. You won't be invited to some places where God has not opened a door. I don't want to go. Amen. He said, somebody said, aha, uh -huh. you want a job in this place? You have to align 1,000 times no. He said that let God be God and every man alike. Cast is the man that put his trust in the hand of flesh. That is why Miss Kenya is a woman. I, I don't know what I, if I'm talking to a church. That is why Miss Kenya is a woman. Miss Kenya is not a man confused. In a, <laughs> no, baby. You, 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 the wrath of God is about to deal with you. Amen. Ha, look at Genesis chapter 5 and chapter 6. It seems you don't understand. God said, I saw something evil with the earth. He says, I saw the sons of God, angels, having intercourse with the sons of men. And he said, I will come and destroy the earth. It is verse 6 that says, but God, but Noah found favor. But Noah found exception. Listen, and God drowned the whole world. 
that is the God drowned. Listen to me. God drowned the whole world and saved six souls. And the exclusion of Noah was because he trusted in a world that was not this one. That his mind was not this one. That he was in this world, but he was not of this world. That the ambassadorship of Christendom must be reflected in our culture. Amen. That we do not conform to their patterns. Listen, I have no views of my own. I only have Bible views. Is that offensive to you? Uh-huh. And this is the kind of stuff that will bring revival in this land. We cannot be allowing wickedness to sit on our head and to excrement on our destinies and we are just is okay and we are bathing with rejection. One thousand times no. Says we says we, we have to present our bodies. There are two models of sacrifice in the Bible. There is the Old Testament model, which was convenient because in the Old Testament, Pastor Kev, the sacrifice endured pain and then the sacrifice died. It was pain for a moment and sudden death. But the New Testament is challenging because in the New Testament, the sacrifice does not die. The sacrifice is alive. And words like sacrifice, nobody wants to hear sacrifice anymore. Words like sacrifice are disturbing because the foundation of holy living is putting a knife on your flesh. That, you remember what the Levitical priesthood said? They said that we will cut our ears saying that we are careful enough to listen to what, to be, to be careful enough to what comes into our hearing. Then he said, we will put the knife on the big foot of our feet. That even our walk must be put to check with the knife of God's word. That the sacrificial living is not a living that is driven with appetite. That I want to, I want to eat KFC chicken, I just go and eat. I want to drink alcohol now, I, want, I go and drink. Not thinking about the time, not thinking about, driven by our lusts. Driven by our desires. Driven by the flesh. God is saying, come out from among them. What then is the difference between the child of God and the child of perdition? The book of Romans draws straight lines. And the church was quiet. Yes, yes, yes. This is now meat. Uh-huh. Tell you, remember, this is meat. Eh? I like it. I like it. I like it. That this is now, this is now, this, this is now our meat. That there has to be, listen, there's a way we must walk. Amen. A, and that walk is not convenient. He said that it is a sacrifice. It is painful to speak the truth. Because sometimes the truth will cost us our job. Because sometimes the truth will cost us friendships. And sometimes the truth will cost us contracts. But speak the truth anyway. It is painful to stand straight. It is painful sometimes even to come to for Friday prayers because there are many competing interests. But God is calling us to a life of sacrifice. Did you know that the child of God that is given to sacrifice, that same one is given to progress because we move forward by dying. That the system of the kingdom of God is that we move forward by dying. Jesus showed it to us. Look at John Chapter 12, verse 24. says, Verily, verily, I said unto thee, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. 
But if it dies, it bringeth forth much fruit. And sometimes the challenge of our lives are called is that we are too alive. We are too concerned about what will people say and what, what will I eat and what will I dress and where will I go and where will I live and what will be of me and what will be of my name and what will be and the worries of heaven have choked the discipline of Christianity in our lives. God said, enter into sacrifice. Did you know that Christian discipline is not convenient? Because Christian discipline requires you to put a knife on your flesh. And sometimes the flesh can be powerful. Oh, wretched man that I am. Yet he's saying now that we need to present our bodies. That the answer of the New Testament church is in sacrifice. Is in sacrifice. I can tell you without a shadow of doubt that the marks of your sacrifice are the marks of your victory the marks of your sacrifice every point where there was sacrifice is every where every point where there was victory do you know that there's a requirement from heaven not to faint in the day of trouble that is the kingdom we are in god is saying that when it is most inconvenient to serve that is the day you should serve the most and let me say that one more time that when it is most inconvenient to give, read the woman and the prophet, the widow of Zarephath. That when you have only, you want to have, the bread you have and the oil you have is enough for you and your children to eat and die. That is the time you must give it the most. Which Christianity is this that we have deceived ourselves into? That does not require sacrifice. I have a word for you. It is called secular humanism. It is a Christianity that has put self at the center. This is why this present worship people, I don't know where they came from. They were just singing my sermon today. It's a Christianity that has conveniently removed Jesus from the center. Because where Jesus is, disruption follows. Hallelujah. It cannot be business as usual in the temple of God. That is why he has to release a cane. I read a meme yesterday and he said that if, if Paul was alive today... <laughs> The church of Christ will receive a letter, not me, not me. Oh. I'm not receiving any letters. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, sacrifice. Luke said, if any man desires to follow after me, is it chapter 14, man of God, verse 27? If any man desires to follow after me, Abby, if any man, this man must take up his cross, how many times? Daily. Daily. This man must take up his cross daily. This man must take up his cross daily. This man must take up his cross daily. The cross is not an ornament. The cross is the infrastructure of heaven to crucify the flesh and to release resurrection power. Resurrection power is a preserve of only people who are dead. Before you die, you're not a candidate for resurrection power. We live in this new dimension by dying, man of God, Sean. That the more we die, the more we rise up. And that is the infrastructure of heaven. That is why the, the believer's life deceitfully looks defeated and weak. In fact, one preacher said that the lamb never fought by moving forward fast. That the lamb will always, before it charges, the, the lamb's charge, it will first step behind. And it looks like 
is weakness on every side. But in weakness, there is our strength. I thank God for nature because nature can only form us. I thank God for schools because schools can only inform us. I thank God sometimes for sin because sin will deform us. He said in the Old Testament is a school, is the Old Testament the law was a schoolmaster to show us our wickedness and our need for God. But only Jesus is able to transform us. Holy living is accepting the transformation of sacrificial living. Brethren, I beseech you by the masses of God that you present your bodies, you give your bodies once and for all as a living sacrifice. Says for this is your reasonable. This is the minimum we can do as a response to the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is our reasonable act of service. I thank God because there is now a movement towards coming back, as we sang today, to the heart of worship when it is all about Jesus Christ. It's a dogmatic focus on our Lord Jesus that that then begins to cause our doctrine to be congruent with our doxology and our doxology to be congruent with our doctrine. That the word of God, say it differently, begins to become the reason why we shout, the reason why we praise, the reason why we worship. And we worship because of the word of God. And that then informs our work and crystallizes into Christian duty and Christian discipline. He brings then now, he now brings us to three kinds of people. Brings us to three kinds of people. Because he says, beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Your bodies as a living sacrifice. Then he talks about renewing your mind, that don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that he may prove that which is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He talks about dimensions of existence. He talks about the mind. He talks about the body. And there are two dimensions in scripture of living. Let me say three dimensions. The first is the man who lives in the flesh. That's the first category. And it's a reflection of where some of us are this morning. People who live from the flesh, it is the flesh forward. This is the man in defeat because to live in the flesh is death. That be the reason why there's death on every side and defeat on every side is because of the dimension of operation. That when I'm operating from the flesh, I am quoting death. I am quoting retrogression. I am I'm quoting I'm quoting stagnation. That the flesh produces only death. This is the sensual man. The man who is addicted to his senses. He's only moved by what he sees. He can only believe God's word when he begins to see it happening. Jesus is saying, I can summon legions of angels from above. 
Yet, in the same breath, he's coming, he's being arrested, and he's being tortured, and, he's be, and it looks like what he's saying and what is happening are completely different. The man in the flesh is overwhelmed, overrun, and outmaneuvered by the desires and weaknesses of the flesh. In that dimension, faith is difficult because faith deals with that which cannot be seen. And to walk by faith, we must reject the flesh, the sensual man. He eats any time because he's driven by his lusts. You know, you just wake up, you say, I want to go and drink now, and you go and drink. Somebody said, uh, why are you drinking in the morning? Another one said, because it's evening somewhere else. Of course, I know you guys, you don't understand those things. You know, you are very born again, going to heaven, amen. You don't even know. Drink what? Drink tea? <laughs> the sensual man. Are you there this morning? But there is the soulish man. The soulish man. The man who has found his strength on his intellect. He's found his strength in his will. He's found his strength in his emotion. This man can decide today that I am no longer smoking cigarettes because he has very strong will. And sometimes the shout of the soulish man and the... And the <laughs> hey, 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 what did I say? The what? Aish. The shout of the soulish man and the shout of the spiritual man. When Yashinsky is singing, you say, yeah! And when the movie is shouting, yeah, if the shout is the same, you are shouting from the soul. Uh-huh. Sometimes you could be crying, but you are crying from emotions. Ah. Uh. That the soulish man, that one, that's the one that you must kill the most. He says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be holy, holy sanctified. You know, the way when we're giving the brief for the church, we're like, wash everywhere. Holy wash the church. May be holy sanctified. That sometimes we are deceitfully, holy living is not about a strength of, of emotion or a strength of the will. I've decided to live right. No. It's the grace for holy living. That it says, by whom also we have access into this grace wherein we stand. Romans chapter 5 verse 2. That it's a grace focus. The soulish man finds his strength in his emotions. Finds his strength in his intellect. Finds his strength in his will. That he will never believe until he understands all of it. And sometimes you find, uh, you saw it in Isaiah chapter 58 last week. That you have fasted that you may enter into vain debate. That your voice might be heard. That even you, you know, there is this pursuit, fleshy pursuit of knowledge that I may be able to enter into complex debate of theology and feel extremely sophisticated. The victory is not there. The victory is in the spirit. Because he said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. To them that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life everlasting. Church, it is 12.25. Today we got it right on top. I request us to stand. Our time is up. And we have looked at two keys today, worship and sacrifice. That our worship will be found sweet before his presence. Our worship is our life job, our life. That when your customers come, 
they, there is a different vibe. Listen, there is a different vibe. There is a different vibe in our house. You enter my house, there is a different vibe. There is a different vibe around. There, there is no anxiety. We have dealt with fear. We have dealt with double-mindedness. We have dealt with pain. We have dealt with gossip. And we have dealt with all these things. That there is our, our lives, Tony, our lives is singing that when people read our emails they, they they just read the email and they're being ministered to by the email it is not arrogant it is not true it's words of grace he says words fitly spoken are like uh, apples in pictures of silver man this solomon man apples he says apples words fit they're like in pictures that there's just a language that when we speak people just fall in love with have you ever seen these people who when they talk immediately you just feel you feel like I need to go and repent on your behalf? Eh? Because you are insolent. There's just insolence in your mouth. When you open your oh God, just see, you know, you want to give them that, that advice that says, even a fool when he keeps quiet is regarded wise. That there has to our lives must sing a song. Amen. Let that be the prayer of Rivers Church. Amen. That as we make declarations for rising, we are making declarations also for that our lives, listen, our lives are singing worship. Our lives are singing worship. Our lives are singing worship. Amen. 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 And the second key is sacrifice. That we are going to find comfort, kijala. We are going to find comfort in a life of sacrifice. Most of the things we do, we are not, we are not doing them from a position of comfort and a position of convenience. Remember what Jesus talked about, the rich young ruler. said, I have gathered, I have mingled my wine. I have gathered my wealth. I will now enjoy my life. I'll sit in comfort. Jesus said, you fool, you do not know that today your soul will be required of you. Listen to me. Rivers Church, our culture is not serving from convenience. We are not worshiping God from convenience. That even if I have to walk from home to come to the Friday, if I have to walk from home to come to church, it doesn't. Where is that ragged believer that did not care for anything but my Jesus, whom I serve? Says, I got my mind made up that I won't turn back. That there is a spring on our feet and an excitement because we are focused on Jesus. Sacrifice. That we're going to be at home with sacrifice. I want to invite each and every one of us for Friday. This Friday, we are taking time to pray for consecration, for sanctification. Consecration and sanctification, a life that is set apart. The whole of February, that's going to be our prayer point. That set us apart, oh God. Set us apart. Set us apart. Cause us to walk differently, differently, differently. Make that prayer as we begin to close. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for sticking in to the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop. And make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.